All I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, that this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I can Squatch DTV, exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, January 31st, 2021. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with the man downstairs right there, Mr. Chris Bennett. Hello, Chris. Steve, it's good to see you, man. January went fast, didn't it? It's it's a goner. It's in the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, how's how's the weather treating you up north? Well, okay. For our friends in uh, overseas that watch us, it was minus nine Fahrenheit, which means <laughs> it was like minus thirty centigrade. I, I don't know. I'm not quite good with the conversions there. <laughs> It was but, cold. You throw water up in the air and ice hits the ground. <laughs> and now, of course, tomorrow we're looking at probably 15 inches of snow. Hooray. Oh, yay. But, but we're, we're professionals at it, so we'll be okay. Somebody's got to get it. That's right. I'm just going to set off for work earlier tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to take oh, me forever man. to get home. That's okay, though, dude. I mean, you know, we, you, you can enjoy some cold weather and some snow. And yeah. There's nothing wrong with being snowed in, especially if you got a good TV and, you know, plenty of smokes and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could call in, but I can't. 
can't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I gotta, yeah. gotta be there. So anyway, our, our guest downstairs. Oh, there's uh, there's Mr. Pat. Mr. Pat, what's going on, Pat? Hey, what's up, Steve and Chris? Uh, it's great to be with you guys tonight. Um, you know, I pretty much always catch your shows on Sunday, and you, you might see me over here in chat. <laughs> That's and right. So chat might be familiar with me. Um, so it's it's good to actually, uh, you know, come on and be able to, like, have a discussion with you guys. Yeah, so yeah. I've, I've been wanting to do that for a while, so it's great Take to be to here. Yeah, and it, it sounds like it's uh it's perfect camping weather up in uh, upstate New York, Steve. I mean, I'm going to open the pool tomorrow. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you want your camping weather, you know, Diatlov Pass style. But, yeah, uh, yeah. It's let's get out there, man. Come on, and bring. Then, bring and then the I always stove. get these. You know? Then I always get these questions in January. So oh, you've been out lately? No, <laughs> no, it's not fun when it's ten degrees out. No. Oh man. Well, I true. I love camping in the cold, but as you know, Steve, I live in North Georgia, which is a thousand miles away from you, and so tonight here it's probably more like forty degrees. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cold for you. And, that's uh, cold. that's it's uh, you know par for the course this time of year. But uh, pretty easy to go camping in 40-degree weather, and there's no snow on the ground. So I went to uh, – a couple of years back, I was in Jacksonville, Florida for a couple of weeks. And in uh, February – and uh, no, I'm sorry. It was October. And they were bitching because it was 65 degrees. Oh, like, God. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. It's October, folks, where I live. It's, it's almost yeah. Halloween. Where I live, it's like – 30. Yeah, that was a beautiful thing. I used to go back and forth to Jacksonville, Florida twice a week. And you have on a winter coat here. Now, I'm talking about Kentucky. I'd have on a winter coat, bundle up. When I got to Jacksonville, the coat was off. And, you know, I'm rolling up. I'm rolling up my sleeves on my shirt. You know, the pants was, were off too, weren't they? <laughs> not, not that far. <laughs> but, okay, uh, let, let's do our roll call, Chris. Hello oh, to B. Yeah. Good Hi, B. John, hello, John. Good to see Welcome, you. Welcome, John. Ken, Ken, how are you? Ken. David with the yada yada. Big Dave. Mr. Jimmy yada. is in the house. Jimmy. Am and Chris over on YouTube. I'm and Chris. Terry, good to see you. Terry. Edward, good to see you. One of our yeah. past guests. Welcome. Check out his show. I forget what that. I think it was episode like 28, 27, somewhere in there. Mm. Uh, Mr. Jay Bachochin's in the house. Hey, we found Jay. Hey, Jay. <clears throat> and also we have Charlie Wonton who says hello dad Kentucky Yorkers Kentucky Yorkers all right Charlie I thought uh, Charlie might be here Kerry in the house good old Bigfoot Mountain hello Kerry good to see Hi, you Kerry welcome Eric over on YouTube good to see Eric. you Eric welcome welcome who else do we uh, do we miss anybody else right now um those are the people that have checked in, but we have a lot more in there. So I see Carrie Carlson and Sherry Lynn. Yeah, there, Sherry. Yep. Hi, Sherry. We just said hi to Carrie. Oh, okay. So don't we got miss, we, we got more, Sherry we now. got more people in the house. You want to say hello? Say hello. But uh, <coughs> excuse me. As we always start things off here on the wonderful show, this is Mr. Pat Turner, and Pat. Let Let's start this up. What made you get into this? crazy realm of reality called Bigfoot man you know uh like uh I think a lot of people say uh especially my age or our age uh is that um 
it was pop, some of it was pop culture from the 70s. So I was a little kid, you know, that didn't know, um, didn't really know television from reality. And I saw uh, Bigfoot on Six Million Dollar Man. And I just, yes. I, and the yeah. next, the next day, you know, I'm looking at the ridge tops uh, near my uh, home at that time going, well, that's where Bigfoot lives. Um, it's strange, a strange neur neural connection that was made then. And uh, so it, I'd say pop culture got me into it. And of course, uh, not too long after that, uh, being again, a small child, seeing the Patterson Gimlin film and looking at it going, Oh my God, like that's, that's what they look like, you know? And, and just being fascinated by it, uh, just to some degree, you know, uh, not obsessed, but it's just uh, a fascinating thing. Cause you know, we didn't, we didn't learn about Bigfoot in school. We learned about elephants and tigers, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I would say mostly it was uh, uh, pop culture from the 70s, along with the Patterson Gimlin film. And you could throw some in search of stuff in later also um, that uh, it kind of planted the seed. Yeah. And then really, you know, I, I grew up I went through my teenage years, didn't really think much about it um, into young adulthood and then. Uh, and then I got into a conversation one day with uh, one of my best friends who I was playing music with at the time. Um, and he started talking about it and I, I started talking about it and, um, and that kind of led to us both sort of discovering the Bigfoot world, discovering, um, you know, legend meets science and, uh, uh, whatever programming at that time, let's say the this would be the, the early 2000s, right? So mm -hmm. whatever programming was going on in Discovery Channel uh, and then uh, just a sort of a slow walk where now um, I've landed firmly into <laughs> the Bigfoot world. So that's yeah. that's the, 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 sh the short version of it, yeah. Well, Pat, you have no idea how glad I am that you mentioned the $6 million man Bigfoot reference because there's been so many times where I wanted to say something about that or, you know, uh, give that reference, but I was afraid somebody wouldn't know who I was talking about. Because a lot of people nowadays, you ask them, you know, you know what the $6 million man is? Oh, I have no idea. You know, what is that? Yeah. But, but, a very cool yeah. show. Yeah, and for us that grew up in the in the seventies, and and all of, I mean, I was a pretty, I was a really small child. I was probably three or four years old when that came out. Um, but I was fascinated. I mean, I dude, I was also listening when I was three years old. I was listening to John Denver records, you know, like so. I I don't know. I had this special attachment to to uh, uh, entertainment at the time. Yeah. But when you're that young, it's hard to like decipher reality from television, yeah. especially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the you know, I mean, of course, somebody that's you know 25 years old in the Bigfoot world now, they have no idea what the six million dollar man is, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I do, I do. Yeah, and uh, oh yeah, Ken, Ken Collins mentions Andre the Giant. Yeah, and it's, it's Andre. Andre. It's Andre, yeah. man. Look at the glutes on him. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the shoulders on him, dude. That's actually a, an amazing oh, yeah. screenshot. And, 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 
And look how he's just tossing Steve Austin around. Or Steve Austin's uh, 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 body double stunt, stunt man, double. probably. <laughs> well, yeah. back back in the 70s, man, wrestling was really big around here. And, you know, we would watch it like on Channel 13, our local station. And then maybe once every two or three months, they would have a wrestling match at the, the local gymnasium of the old school. And we would all go there and pay your three or four bucks. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, <laughs> I'd like to make a special announcement. Oh, go ahead, in the house, Mr. Billy Willard. Hello, Billy. Billy! Wow, welcome. Good to see you, bud. But uh, anyway, I was working one of these wrestling matches, and sure enough, lo and behold, Andre the Giant was there. And this dude walked out, and I thought he was big on TV. You know, Man. oh my God. It's it's like, good lord, you know. <laughs> He's so big. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever? I'm sure you guys have seen it. There's a picture of of his hand wrapped around a, uh, you know, what would have been an older beer can, but still like a, I'm guessing a 12 ounce beer can Budweiser, and it looks yeah. it looks Same like here, brother. <laughs> it looks like what it looks like a one of our hands wrapped around like a little mini yep. can. Yeah. It's yeah. so it's my he was Andre was mind blowingly big yeah so i i do have an if you ever listen to some of the podcasts and i do I, I like listening to some of the the old wrestling podcasts and, yeah uh, jake the snake roberts talks about him meeting mm -hmm. meeting andre the giant really funny st story because yeah. he had to take he had to drive andre i guess yes. to the hotel and back yeah i know what you're and talking about he had a van he get he climbs into the back of the van and <laughs> as they're going uh, andre goes to jake beer yeah Beer. Beer. Yeah. So he ends up getting a case. So while oh, he's driving yeah. him to, and literally, yeah, and, and yeah. as Pat said, his hand just, he, he's, right. he's, he drives him to the hotel and he's like, Do you need anything else? He's more beer. More beer. He drank the entire case. Yes. Just and, yeah. And drive over. It, it, so quickly, I think he ended up having to feed him, you know, 70 beers that night yeah. or something. Oh, wow. It was crazy. I know the exact uh, story you're talking about. Right. It's crazy. Oh, wow. uh, he, that guy could drink. But but, but, it, but it is amazing how, I mean, the Bigfoot episode, I, I believe they brought the Bigfoot back for another episode. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's how popular it was, you know, that, that yep. particular character. Um, and they, they actually brought it back and hello to Robin Rose. He's out there. Robin, welcome. Yeah. Great, great and white. That, um, and that, that just shows you, I mean, um, you know, the, if you think about that timing, it, that wasn't very long relatively after the Patterson Gimlin film, which was yeah. what, uh, 67, I believe. And so the, I think the Bigfoot episode yeah. was 75. So yeah, it was, it wasn't yeah. even a decade. Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty quick. It, it actually captivated a lot of minds, and of course, they turned Bigfoot into a, a bionic alien, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Which is right. what some people want to change yeah. it to now, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Why not? Oh, why not? Easy why enough, not? right? Why not? <laughs> um, so you know, me it started. It kicked off with the Legend of Boggy Creek. And you're right, the 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 six million dollar man, Bigfoot, which just your little kid just captivates you. Yeah. You know, search of episodes because they had several.
course, that whole series just captivates captivated a lot of people. I mean, that's we hear about the Loch Ness monster and ESP yeah. and all, and yeah. uh, the mystery of the Hindenburg and Amelia Earhart. They had so many, really. For it was a show well above its time, which is kind of cool. Anything to do with mystery, you know, was always interesting to me. It's had something to do with mystery. I didn't care if it was a Bermuda Triangle or a show about UFOs. I'd watch it. It was interesting. Or what happened to Mick's meatloaf? <laughs> well, by the way, Mick is, 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 he better come up with a tardy note. He's late tonight. Oh, so, yeah. He'll, I he'll pop in and he'll, yeah, I didn't, oh. I did not see, um, I actually did not see the legend of Boggy Creek until I was uh, an adult. And that was probably six years ago or so. Wow. Yeah. So like that was completely off my radar and it wasn't even a Bigfooter who introduced me to that movie. It was kind of a, a this dude, he, he had an eclectic taste in um, entertainment and he just, he brought, he brought this, DVD and plugged it in. He's like, "Oh, it's Legend of Creek," and it's kind of a Bigfoot thing. I was like, "What?" And and so that, I didn't see that until yeah, like I said, about six or seven years ago. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so think about this, and this is something that you probably and a lot of people that that have seen it later in life don't have that that realization. When I first saw it, I was the same age as that kid running through the field. Right. Yeah. And boom, that's what. <laughs> That's what makes it stick in your head. Like, yeah. Yeah. it could be yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people say that. I've heard that more than once, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, that's what hooked it. Um, you know, and then, you know, it didn't help. <laughs> my, my, what? what? Uh, look, Ken Collins in a chat to the mutual of Omaha. Yes. We used yeah. to watch Mutual of Omaha, Wild Kingdom. Yes. yes. Mar Marlon Perkins. Yes. Yeah. Watch Jim as he wrestles the alligator. Oh, there's Jim wrestling the bear. I was waiting for Jim to reach through the screen and punch Marlon right in the face. <laughs> Poor Jim. Yeah, you, you know. here, here, Marlon, you wrestle the gator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim, jump over there and grab that adult male gorilla. <laughs> Sorry, Marlon. How about I jump over there and grab you by the testicles and oh. twist? <laughs> oh, man. You know, I think I mean, this probably we're getting off subject a little bit, but now uh, I believe that was probably one of the of uh, <coughs> what's his name, the Crocodile Man, uh, Steve Irwin's right. uh, childhood heroes was was Jim from the Wild Kingdom. Probably, <laughs> yeah, right. That, that, yeah, I could see how that would have influenced him. Mm -hmm, I think so too. Mm -hmm. Well, there's uh, Walt. Hey, Walt. Uh oh, Walt. A little Walt. Dave Winter yeah. is off. Oh, Dave's been here. What am I saying? Fred Clark is out there. Hello, Fred. Fred, welcome. Um, Good to see you guys. So anyway, um, so when you got into the Bigfoot world, I'm sure, you know, and th this is what I like talking to, you know, it's kind of a frame of reference because I've been in this so thing so long ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there, there wasn't, there, there wasn't such diversity uh, for a better better choice of words, diversity in beliefs in the Bigfoot world. Um, yeah. You know, there was the mainstay, like 90% of the folks were, and then of course, as Facebook opened it up, a lot more people got voices. Yeah. So mm -hmm. sometimes the asylum was being run, not necessarily by the people who should be running the asylum, but I digress. <laughs> Agreed. 
<laughs> so when you landed in the Bigfoot world, you must have been like, what the hell? <sighs> sort of. Um, you know, my, my partner in crime, Ernie, um, he and I, I mean, we paid attention to it as it was going on, you know, but we, we weren't involved in it. Um, and then, uh, so as the, just like you were just talking about how uh, sort of as the internet developed, right. Cause we could say easily, you know, 20 years ago, the internet is not what it is now. And you could even make that argument, you know, five years ago, the internet isn't what it is now. So, so we paid attention to it. You know, we knew who Matt Moneymaker was. We knew who, um, uh, uh, Biscardi was and, and stuff like that. And, and we also knew who John Green and Renee Hinnon, like the old school guys. So we paid attention. We just never swam in the waters. Right. And, and then we decided one day we decided, Hey man, we need to bring something different to the table because, because it was pretty obvious to start seeing the, the tribal, weird theories and this portals, aliens, whatever, you know, and it's like, let's just have a reasonable discussion. And that's where uh squash talk was born. We were, ba I was basically just recording my phone calls with Ernie about talking about the subject in a reasonable way. And, and I've stuck to those guns ever since. And, and, and now uh, obviously as that developed and grew like here I am on the, uh, Squatch DTV. <laughs> <laughs> Tracking. What's it say? Let me see. Tracking my cookies. You'll never get my recipe. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, I just, I, just I, I was looking for something well, different. Pretty good. Up, I thought it was pretty funny. That's pretty good. But uh, hey, Chris, as promised, mm -hmm. I stayed away from the Bernie memes last week. Oh, good, good, good. Right. Yeah. So that's why I. Uh, back to the cat. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's funny. Sorry. That's funny. Um. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we try to stay away from politics here because we love everybody. It don't matter who you vote for. You okay. Know, <laughs> a couple of, couple of walk-ins here. OT. Welcome, OT. Good to see you. OT. Mike is in. Mike is in the house. Big Mike. Tack. What's going on, man? So, you know, did you ever land in a group where Pete, where you got wow, these people are nuts. I mean, has that happened or? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, how it is, Steve, as you, as you start to dip your toe and your the rest of your body into the Bigfoot waters, I mean, you, you immediately realize that, you know, there's a lot going on here, yep. you know, and it's almost a phenomenon within a phenomenon. <laughs> and it's like, I think I, I think I study the Bigfoot world more than I uh, study Bigfoot, because well, I don't study Bigfoot. I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, I <laughs> let me be clear. I'm not a researcher, uh, so I will be, but I'm not currently. And I lost sound. No, no, that's me. Okay. Um, so yeah, and that that's you know what I like about it is there are there are types of people that you can sit and have a great discussion about the phenomenon. And that's why I wanted to have you on because you know you're you're not this big field guy, but you are a guy 
that has watched this has absorbed it. Yes. And, and, and mm-hmm. you know, even from like this, you're one of the newer people to come on the scene, you know, from, from my perspective. In, in a, yes. In a, I would say in a, a more, the Bigfoot world might consider a prominent way. Yeah. You know, um, but I started my Squatch Talk podcast uh, four years ago. Right. You know, so I've, I've been around, I've done some things and I've observed. Uh, and again, observing the Bigfoot world is, is, is just as interesting in its own way. Um, because I, I'll say this, I, I consider myself a critical thinker, an objective person, and a skeptic all at the same time. And people don't realize that those three things actually work very well together. So when I come across people in the Bigfoot world who are I, I, not, not the way out there people, because they're, they're really hard to reach, although I will, I will talk to them. Sure. Uh, but anybody that might be on the fence, um, I, I, as a critical thinker, I feel like it's my job. <laughs> no, no. I believe he said four years ago. <laughs> four. Yeah. Four. Four, <laughs> I'm a time traveler, guys. Um, yeah, no, like I, I almost feel like it's my duty. I, I was I was going to say job, but it's not my job. It's my duty to teach people how to think um, who who um, who who might be on the fence, you know, and I say teach, just give them the tools or give them some kind of persuasion to think differently. And I, I mean, in life, that's good. That's you. The more skeptical you are, the less gullible you are. Right. And a gullibility can lead to disaster in your personal life. We all know that, right? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you know, let, let's, you know, you look at some of these things, um, and uh, listen, you know, you can always tell, you know, what is a cult and what is not. And, and, and people, you know, people will say, well, cults, don't you have your own cult? You know, followers. Mm-hmm. no, I don't ask anything of my, the only thing I ask them is question everything, including stuff I do. I want them to question me. I want the tough questions. I sure. I love going on a show, and Chris knows this. I <laughs> love going on shows where I know this is going to be a, a damned hard interview. Mm-hmm. They're going to ask me that. I love those questions. The harder they are, the the sharper I get, and, and the more enthusiastic I get about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've done a lot of TV interviews. Well, how did you get involved? Have you ever seen a Bigfoot? I'm like, but then people ask me, well, you know, and they, they say, there was a bit of controversy here and you were kind of in the middle. Can you explain what? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Or why do you feel this is real? Or what, you know, you took a stand on this. Why do you feel that? Those are the kind of questions I love and I enjoy. And I, I have a feeling you love those too. I do. Because those, mm-hmm. and I noticed that you and I are a lot alike in, in a lot of aspects. And we, we, you know, we love being on the hot seat. Yep. We love talking, uh, you know, and this, this is why I had to have you on because you, you are a critical thinker. And I, I think everybody knows that when I, when I get to a scene, I'm very skeptical of everything you have to be because mm-hmm. it, when, when skepticism can be ruled out, that leaves the alternative. And, you know, so either way, it, it's, it all leads, if people don't understand that, that, that all those processes still lead to a, the goal, which is determination. Is it real? Is it not? Right. You know, and that's on a per case basis. And um, 
Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> because I love listening to the recorders at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, you're, you know, you gotta have some. You know why I, I eat beans yeah. on investigation? Very simple, Mike, to drown out your snoring at night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Goodness. Amen. I, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, it's like I woke up at three o'clock on the last expedition. I was sound like sound like a symphony of chainsaws going on. Yep. <laughs> oh man! Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. Ot's got a good comment. I know big, big foot and quiz. It's a good that's technique. Right. That makes yeah. sense. As well as odd smells. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine a Bigfoot out in the woods at 2 o'clock? Who, who in the heck is out here cutting wood at 2 o'clock in the morning with a McCullough? <laughs> I tell you what. Check this out. Uh, they've already, they, they've probably already been there for two hours watching you. Oh, anyway. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm they just speculating yeah, after, after a night of beans the bigfoot walks past my tent and goes oh and we thought we smelled bad <laughs> oh no uh, anyway back back to the seriousness god what, what you know our audience has such a sense of humor they're, they're getting twisted like us you know it's they sad. do i've always i've always noticed that about your show is that uh the humor is there and i love it because humor should be a part of the discussion. We we're we're not you know doing like serious academic boring crap here. You got to spice it up with some humor, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, here here's the other thing too, is that you know I've never been the type of show. Oh yes, there is the Sasquatch walking across the field. Oh yes, right. so he watches it. Yeah, you know, like no, that's NPR. Get rid of that. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So humor humor is great. You know, more and, humor the better. And and for God, crying out loud, we're researching Bigfoot. You gotta have a sense of humor. I mean, come on. So, so anyway, uh, getting back to the whole cult like thing. Yeah, there are a few there are a few people that have like this cult following. Now, people will say, you know, and I'll mention because I'm not afraid. It's my show. I'll I'll. People used to say, well, Rick Dyer has his own cult. No, not really. People just followed him and believed his his line of BS. Fine. Yeah. Big deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the the same thing. Uh, but there are like Dr. Matt Johnson. I have to bring that name up. He has definitely oh, yeah. has a cult. He has a, he is a literal cult, Steve. And I mean, you and I both know that. And I'm also not afraid to say it. And I, I don't think you're afraid to let me say it. No. That guy, that guy is a cult leader. He's a wannabe cult leader or something. And uh, you know. To the point where um, there was an actual death involved. Uh, yeah, that guy that he was waiting for, uh, what's his name, Zorth? Yeah. You know, oh, they were going to heal him. And... Stopped taking his meds and he died. Yeah. Um, so, and of course, I mean, I mean, just anything, look, anything you look at with Matthew Johnson, I, I mean, I'm not, you shouldn't be afraid to say it because it's just so far out there that people are like, most people. And I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like I'm gonna sound like Joe Rogan here, but this shit's getting scary. Because you it think is, about how it, it has is. progressed to first this, that, now it's healing people, making 
mm-hmm. albeit incorrect political decisions or political right. predictions and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's downright scary. The fact that he's written a couple of books and basically these books are like, you know, you sit here and look at his videos. You know, how many times has, I mean, I watched one of his videos and he said, you got to read the book like nine times within a minute period. One minute time, he said, read the book oh, yeah. nine times. That's all he does. Yeah. Yeah. Read the book. Read the book. I mean, that's like saying, read the book every seven seconds. And somewhere that, that, uh, <laughs> somewhere, um, there is a subliminal message in that to, you know, Read the book. Read the book. So that's gotten really dangerous. Um, yeah. And then he's trying to mix Christianity in with it too. It's just, it's really weird. Um, yeah. Really, really weird. Um, yeah. Billy says we have a lot of strong stories about the field. Yeah, I know. You <laughs> one heck of a, a thing that happened in Texas that was quite interesting. Um, but you know, so you know. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's attracting more people or not, but oh, good Lord, I hope he does not. Well, I, I would think that having a Bigfoot sighting is probably not good for your blood pressure. Uh, I'm sure it goes up. Okay. Yeah. So OT has a, has a question. Being serious, what is Zorth? Okay, so okay, now, Pat, uh, you know, jump Here in if go. I get this wrong, but according to the book of Matthew Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this portal opened in these beings called the, um, oh, shoot. Um, the, 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 big, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the big, the Bigfoot people. Yeah, no, I forget. Right. I forget the actual term. But yeah. anyway, the, their mortal enemies are these mean Bigfoot called the Tracheons. Right. <laughs> and um, so anyway, Zorth is like the ruler of Council of Twelve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eventually, they, they named... Dr. Matt Johnson, their ambassador. So now he's part of the Council of 12, which is now Council of 13. I mean, that's who Zorth is. He's the Bigfoot leader, basically, and the leader of the Council of 12. He's the president of the Bigfoot Nation. (laughs) The Prime Minister, the Chancellor. (laughs) The Grand Poobah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. And they can heal you. They can heal you. They, they, hey, and they they show up as orbs of light. Um, in fact, they had attended uh, Doctor Johnson's wedding. Yep. Uh, can't make this stuff up, folks. Can't make it up. They went. Uh, the, evidently, I think they went to the White House and talked to the president at some they, point. Yeah, they may have at, at, at some point in the past, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to avoid political jokes. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I know what you're thinking. Steve. But that was the thing. I mean, that was a real thing. I mean, this guy's saying this stuff. Sorry. Mm, yeah, like he's really saying that. I mean, he's on. Yeah. You know, he he openly says it. And and there's a danger to that because yeah, people are following him. They're coming around. You know, coming from all over the country to see him to commune with him to, um. Yeah, yeah, very true, Billy. Um, um, you know, it's just it, it's and like you said, it, it it's culminated with a guy who stopped taking his meds. You know, who was yeah. So somebody actually died. This is this is a type of cult. It's a um, it's a level of of cult. 
I, it's not big, you know, I mean, we're not talking, you know, Jim Jones stuff here. We're talking, I don't know, wannabe Jim Jones. But you got to understand that in, in any cult, there's always that escalation. There is. It can you know, be. And, mm-hmm. and, and and it looks like there's escalation. First it started as this, then it started as that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of funny. I remember when he dropped this bomb. Uh, uh and, and, you know, people say he's a modern-day snake oil salesman, but here's the question. you got to wonder if he believes his own stuff. I No way he can. There's, I, I, don't see, I don't see how he could, Steve. Yeah, but, I you, really know, don't. you know, it's the same thing with, with let's go back to the, the one everybody loves to use, Jim Jones. You know, there's some point where you tell the lies so often and so much, you begin to believe it yourself. And I... Let's face it. Do you think for one second Jim Jones didn't think he was the Messiah? No, he he twist he got twisted in his own head to the point where he was that convoluted. Maybe, yeah. Now, um, you know, um, so you look at that and, and wonder if, you know, that's what's going on in his mind. You know, it doesn't sound like to me he's being a snake oil salesman. It sounds like he's, um has this far out belief and no offense, but you know, a lot of people in the PNW, uh, you know, uh, have some of those extreme views. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, you have, uh, uh, what was this? Um, geez, I, I'm completely drawing a blank today. I'm sorry. Um, but you know, you look what's come out of there. You have the, uh, the, the DC belt snipers came out of the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, and they and, and uh, uh, John Muhammad Allen had these wild extremist views. Uh, the serial killer, um, and I, I talk about him a lot, but I, I can't think of his name for whatever reason right now. Um, oh, God, but he killed that girl up in Anchorage. I can tell you all the details, but um, I, I, I um, hang on a second. Um, wow, I, I can't think of his name. <laughs> Google food, Google food. Uh, there's nothing ah. I can Google because. Oh I, yeah, 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 yeah. I hate it when that happens. Um, I'll remember Don't it. Don't worry, Steve. It's it's just dementia. You're okay. No, it, it, <laughs> yeah, that happens to me sometimes too. Um, no, 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 no. Israel Keys. Um, Israel Keys came from the Pacific North, grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. And, you know, he, you know, his family was very isolationist, as was John Muhammad Allen. Mm. So, you know, you have, uh, you know, this cultish thing. There was a whole documentary, if anybody hasn't caught it, uh, about uh, this one particular area in, I think, Washington that they, they have a lot of, they have a lot of legalized marijuana fields. But prior to that, they had illegal ones. And they're such a, a, how should I say it? A, um, uh, yeah, just a little bit, <laughs> a little that, and a little <laughs> bit of being tired. Um, but there was a uh, a whole community there too that had this isolationist view that the cops rarely went there. And um, so, yeah, when you're when you're raised around communities that have those beliefs, it, it does not surprise me that you know Matt Johnson is boom, 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 getting getting this twist in his head. Um, so does he believe his own stuff or is he just trying to make money? Uh-huh. 
is that not a cult leader's uh, dual purpose? I mean, Young Sung Moon, Jim Jones, uh, all made money. Koresh, not so much. Um, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 he did too because they had like a compound there and everybody that had a job, but he took care of the money. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't, he wasn't like the old Bogwan showing up in it. No, in a, no, in a no, he wasn't driving around in like a Rolls Royce or anything, but yeah. You know. He did control the money, though. And again, yeah, John made a John made a uh, a a, a pop hmm. about about you know the Green River <laughs> came from that. Yeah. Ed Bundy, as did you know, yeah. so yeah. many different. Uh, it's really a very interesting area. It's all based on views. So when you look at at um at this, it's not surprising, and you find that in other areas too. I mean, you you know. Uh, but to me, that that is something that is unique to the Bigfoot world, um, and just the fact that he's a psychologist, even more so, makes him even more being able to man be manipulative. I think. Yeah, manipulate yeah. people, obviously. So I mean, it's a thing. He's a great example of that. I don't see a whole like he a whole lot more of that. Like it would be very disturbing to see ten more of him pop up. Um, but I, I think like I attribute, uh, the rest of the kind of weirdness in the Bigfoot world to, um, <coughs> sorry, uh, cherished beliefs. Yes. So where people will focus in on something that is, it, it sort of matches their personality in a way or their, uh, worldview. Yep. Right. So, you know, uh, some of the woo stuff. Right. You know, it, it kind of it just matches up to people's like yeah. and it becomes a cherished belief at that point because they hear one story where Bigfoot disappeared. Yep. And that's all they needed to hear from that one story to validate sort of other things they've thought in their life along the way. And now all of that. I mean, Chris made a comment, too. It says Netflix put too good of a light on Koresh. I agree. Um, but yeah. the way I look at it is there was some stuff shaky going on both sides of that coin. I agree. Yep. Me too. And the truth falls somewhere in between. Yeah. Uh, I, really think, I really think that's, that's what it is. Do I think Koresh was as bad as the federal government made him out to be? No. Do I think he was angel? Like, you know, some of the TV programs made him out to be, right. no. mm -hmm. um, but you got to look, that was a time when, you know, he had a justice department, you know, months earlier, to the Ruby Ridge incident where they killed the child, they killed the dog, they killed the wife and they killed everybody, but the guy they were supposed to arrest. Yep. You know, and, and the guy ended up getting out of prison and suing them and winning. And they let him out early because of all of that. It was very, uh, and then you have the same justice department months early with the whole Ilian Gonzalez thing, where they have the famous picture of a, of a, a agent pointing a submachine gun at a, at a, uh, a little nine year old, nine year old boy. That. Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean uh very very tough turbulent times and and things like the ruby ridge incident and the whole fire at the koresh compound which should never have happened and you know there were there, there's something something to that i mean people they tried to cover it up saying that oh well koresh doused everything with gasoline but there's a lot of conflicting story about that mm -hmm. um I, the truth is somewhere in between yeah, that's all i can say um but then those kind of things would inspired Timothy McVeigh. So true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So uh, 
but then again, this is years ago, you know. So we'll we'll put the the, the political motivations and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to comment on that that you know when there are two sides to a story, where you you know you hear one side, one side they seem so conflicted. The truth is usually somewhere in between. So when you have somebody, let me give you an example: somebody having this. Uh, um, mind experience with a Sasquatch, you know, and you know, there's people that say, "Well, that's impossible," blah blah blah, and people say, "Oh, that's possible." There's <coughs> just somewhere in between, and e even the people that have mind speak stuff, you know, we we've explained that a thousand times on the show what I think it is and what it could be, you know, mm -hmm. it could be effects of infrasound, it could be effects of trauma on the brain, a whole bunch of things. <coughs> Or it just could be coincidence. Or it could be something other than a Bigfoot. It could be something paranormal. So. Right. Skeptical. <laughs> well, we don't. I mean, we don't know what we don't know. Um, sure. So that goes that goes on both sides of that uh, discussion. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's fair to say because there are variables involved. So what Steve was just saying is there could be these other variables involved that nobody's thinking about. And, but, but if there's something paranormal happening, we don't know what that is. Right. Uh, you know, so we can't, can't start making determinations, uh, trying to explain things that we can't explain because that's a logical fallacy. Uh, Frank, no, uh, something paranormal like Bigfoot's ghost. No. Um, you know, there's a paranormal belief that sometimes if, if you find if you find something that may be parasitic or uh, demonic, some people will call it. Some people call it parasitic. Uh, there are other trains of thought in the paranormal that may call it vampiric or similar to like a vampire. You know, it feeds on energy, vampiric. Um, that it may, if you're out there looking for a Sasquatch, you've run across something that is not a. Uh, a necessarily uh, a, ben a benign force, but rather a malignant force, it may manifest as what you are, uh, wants you to see as, you know, there's a lot of paranormal cases where uh, evil things will manifest as children just to gain your confidence. Right. So, and that's just on, on the flip side of things. And I know it's kind of weird to get off to a, a non-scientist, but there, there's an explanation for all of that. I mean, scientific, using the infrasound brain, you know, maybe brain skip, you know, you're, you're seeing something you haven't seen or it, it, it's got you so rattled in your head that you have this lost time and your mind tends to make things up to fill that time. Or it could be something uh, completely uh, off the chart. Like I said, a paranormal yeah. explanation. And that's just one of the, the trains of thought that makes sense to myself anyway. Um, uh, you know, and it's, uh, you know, trauma, uh, traumatic things can do amazingly weird things to people. Um, and I, I'm sorry, it's going to be traumatic, especially if you've, especially if you've never been bought into the Bigfoot thing and you walk, you walk around the corner on that trail and 20 feet right in front of you on that trail is a eight foot tall, four foot wide, giant, weird thing that you've never funny face you know funny weird face that is kind of snarling it i mean yeah that's that's trauma and that actually i believe i believe that happens to people 
and the what's and somehow they're able to admit on air even sometimes like they, they they'll piss themselves they'll yeah. they'll say it you know so so when you're dealing with the brain and trauma at that level you can't tell what 10 seconds from uh two minutes almost right right you know well you know you know and, and this is something you know we i've dealt with with witnesses um especially the accident investigations um mm -hmm. you know as i uh, you know i uh, hey listen i have a long history of doing insurance investigations and accident scene reconstruction and, and speaking with people who are involved in sometimes fatal accidents right and here's a driver that you know hit and killed somebody you know um you know they, they don't remember what happened they're like i uh, you know i i saw him and next thing you know everything was there and the reason why is it's such a traumatic event that the mind says you know um yeah let's, let's get rid of that yep. yeah let's get yeah. rid of the bad stuff i had another guy uh and i remember this they were uh, working on uh trimming trees overhead and the guy brought the the guy was bringing the guide cable over to take the tree down and hit a primary. Mm. And the uh, the the foreman, you know, uh, was like, you know, remembered it very detailed. But the coworker who was standing closer to the person, she was like, I I don't remember anything. Yeah. You know, I saw him bring it over. Next thing you know, he's on the ground, and I was looking right at him. Yeah. You know, the, the mind protects us. Um. Yeah. And, and that's what causes not so much PTSD, Robin, but um, but it causes sometimes split personality disorder. Those split personalities emerge in rare circumstances to protect the other personality, the, the real personality from the trauma. Um, the same thing with, with uh, you know, uh, PTSD is for where is actually where a person remembers all of it. Yeah. And that's what happens if you don't have that protection sometimes is um and let's face it uh you know you know i'll i'll be straight up i suffered from ptsd unknowingly didn't even start calling it that until maybe five years ago realizing looking back in life i was a paramedic for eight years and i saw some horrific things and i remember and, and unfortunately in that job you can't blank out you got to go to work Mm -hmm. Right. And when, you know, it, it's tough to think about now, even. Um, I'm sure. But, you know, then, then I wonder why, you know, I, I look at in and I'm going to go personal here. Do you want to see how the mind works when when uh, and I've seen this happen with Bigfoot witnesses, too, is I'm going to go personal. My first marriage, I take a lot of blame, most of the blame for that. Because I was a paramedic at the time. I suddenly said I can't do this anymore. And I got out. Um, I was spending most of my time. With firefighters. Volunteer firefighters. at My volunteer fire company. Because they, I felt they were the only ones. That could relate to what I was seeing. What I was feeling. What, what was gripping me. Yeah. And that was seeing. you know, Over a period of three years. Seeing six kids die on Mother's Days. Um, you know, Ranging from six months old to nine years old and uh, me being the medic working on several of them. Yeah. So yeah. And they, they died very unnecessarily. Um, three of them to neglect, 
you know, mom left him with a 12 year old babysitter mm. to spend the night mother's day real nice at her boyfriend's house. And the 12 year old had a candle lit and lit the curtain on fire. No, no. And while they were all sleeping. So you look at, at, at some of that stuff and, um, those are the results. So if uh, another telltale sign is obsession, uh, people doing destructive behavior. And I've seen people on, I know their names in the field. You know, I, I know one, one particular person who's had a lot of trouble since his Bigfoot sighting. And it doesn't help that a community will beat up on somebody. And I'll say this fairly too. There are people out there that has had legitimate bona fide sightings. But then what happens is that PTSD, everything becomes Bigfoot. They become paranoid. That's part of the PTSD thing. Yeah. I can't talk about it. Nobody will relate to me. I, oh, that's Bigfoot. Oh, that's Bigfoot. And then I go to this group of people that I think that can relate to me. Look at my Bigfoot pictures. Look at my Bigfoot pictures. And you're looking at it going, red circle, red circle, red circle. There's yeah. nothing there. Right. <laughs> and then what do we do? We beat them up. Okay. Unfortunately, what? and hey, guilty. Guilty, done that too, right? We all have, but I want you to think about this because there was a guy, um, Ed Waterman. You know, here's a guy that I, you know, and realizing this now, and you see all these these red circles and people are like, and, and even I made a post. Oh yeah, there's me with my imaginary Bigfoot friend. The guy I'm sure had some kind of legitimate sighting down the road, but it manifested in his mind really, really bad among other demons he had within himself. And unfortunately he ended his own life. You know, um, was Bigfoot part of that, you know, and that's why there is a very psychological element that I handle a lot of these people with kick gloves. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I, I don't, there, there's lots of people, and a lot of people show me their pictures and go, what do you think? Uh, and I try to let them down gently. Because we need, that, that's something the internet has lost. Um, we've lost our civility. I um, agree. And hey, you know what? I, I'm not one for hitting somebody, you know, that deserves it right between the eyes. Right. When they, when they need to. Boom. Sure, me too. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot, a lot of times you see these people with these pictures, you've never heard of them before. They join this big, they join this Facebook group and look, and people are horrible to them. Mm. And instead of being a little more diplomatic, saying, less yeah. you know, or send them a PM instead of, you know, obscuring them publicly, you know, I send agree. them a PM. Hey, listen, I appreciate the fact that you're posting these pictures and what you think they may be. Unfortunately, they don't meet up the standard, and a lot of people are going to agree with you. Oh, that's amazing. Now, I don't know if they're talking out of the side of their mouth or they really do believe you because you, you never know. But the bottom line is you shouldn't be bringing these out there because you're only going to, unless you have something really concrete, don't put it out there. You're only going to hurt yourself. Yeah. But yeah. Even, even then, Steve, I'll say, you know, as critical thinkers, um, we should, I, I feel it's my obligation to reach out to people in that yeah. situation. Like you said, with uh, civil discourse, um, not attack. If, if you make fun of people, if you make fun of people, you're not a critical thinker. Right. And, and I'm not talking about like the occasional Matt moneymaker joke. 
you know, oh, a stick. I heard a stick break in the woods. Call Matt Moneymaker. I'm not talking about that. Right. I'm just saying if somebody puts something out there that they feel like is important to them, you don't make fun of them. Yeah. It, 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 and because here's the other thing about critical thinkers. You don't you, you shouldn't ever go after low hanging fruit. If it's yeah. low hanging fruit, it's probably most of the people in the world understand that what they're seeing is crap. You know, it's not real. Yeah. So you don't make fun of people. You don't go after low hanging fruit. That's as a critical thinker, man, it's it's right. better to try and uh, I mean, you know, it's like the old it, it's like the old proverb, you know, it, it's better to teach a man to fish than catch a fish for him that day. Right. It's sort of like that is how yeah. I look at everything, even in the Bigfoot world. And that's always what I strive for. And whoop, I moved. And there's Nick. No joke. After 13 years, my ex and her parents interference and suffer from former P PTSD. Meatloaf jokes aside, it hasn't impacted my <laughs> my relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a serious comment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. Yeah. It is because that's the thing. No, that's no. See, the th there goes the Todd jokes. No, no. Uh, the you know Todd standing is not low hanging fruit. Now, Biscardi's not low-hanging fruit. Rick Dyer's not low-hanging fruit. These are people that are intentionally doing stuff. Yeah, I agree. And, I agree and, with and that. They're not doing it because they believe it. They're doing it to Vegas. Somebody yeah. goes, you know, and, and that, see, that's a problem I have with so many people trying to call out other people hoaxers. And, and there's a few people I know that have been called hoaxers simply because their pictures don't meet up to the standards of other people. And they, they try to twist it like, oh, he's just a hoaxer. He's putting all these pictures up. They're not real. You know, they're just blob squashes, just that. He's a hoaxer. He says he sees them. He Well, I don't think he's lying. I think he sees they're seeing. He's seeing them. So what do you do in that case? You know, to me, sometimes, uh, you know, you can spare the rod. <laughs> you know. Uh, sometimes, yeah. But, but people like Todd Standing, sometimes you have to get the switch out and go whoosh. Yeah, you know, yeah, especially, that's a hoax. Especially when more information comes to the table. It's not just about the picture, but more information comes about, you know, with gloves, gorilla gloves, <laughs> being, you know, being found in, in people's, you know, testimony. And I mean, and, and you're right. That's not low hanging fruit. It's worth it's worth exposing because it's uh, it's just. It becomes a, a, a massive fraud. Right. There's a difference between yeah. a hoax and a belief. Yeah. You know, Ed Waterman, I, I'm sure he wasn't hoaxing. He was just believe what his, you know, the stuff. Yeah. You know, there's another guy out there believes the stuff. Yeah. The Caneys have no clue. <laughs> I, I have no clue, um, but just not my cup of tea. And when he starts talking, you know, his science fiction over, Science fact. Right. I have to shut it down. <clears throat> um, yeah. Well, uh, you know, that's the point about having an intelligent discussion, though, Steve. Mm -hmm. Rather than, you know, that's that's healthy skepticism and not uh, satirism, you know. Right. Uh, well, you know, yeah. there, there has to be some happy medium. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, you know, I belong to a page that's really a couple pages that are really rough on evidence. And, but, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm not quick to pull that hoax gun unless you have absolute proof that they're hoaxing. You, you can't pull the hoax go card. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of hard to do sometimes. And and Steve, I know that over the years you've done your, your best. I've seen where you've, you've presented things and like, hey, I, I think this is real. And here, here's why. Yep. I, I, you go there, you talk to them. You know, it might be some obscure freaking YouTube video, man, that's been around forever. But you take the time to actually vet <coughs> as right. best as you can. And you'll sort of do the same thing on the here's why I think this is a hoax X, Y and Z. And mm. that's fair. All of that's fair, in my opinion. And I think the Bigfoot world should accept that kind of attitude. Very true, Phil. Very true. Fair. Right. It's just yeah. a, it's a it, it, if you're doing it fairly, whether you're right or wrong, right, Steve. Yeah. At least you're doing it fairly, and you're you're being methodical. You're being like <laughs> on top of it, you know. Yeah. Well, the one I liked about the gorilla gloves is we knew that to be expecting a upcoming Sasquatch hands video. And, and sure, enough. sure enough, <laughs> right on cue, <laughs> right yeah. on cue. There it is. Getting better than that. The, um, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, I, and I've been on the flip side of the coin. I remember, you know, every once in a while, the Vermont trail cam photo comes up and the people say it's an owl, it's an owl, it's an owl. I'm sorry. You know, you look at it for five seconds and you say it's an owl, or you look at it for five minutes and say it's an owl. You still haven't put the time in. Uh, you haven't got a, a, a scientist in there. And that's, that was the degree I did. I'm like, I'm not going to say this is anything until I get like, Hey, could this be something flying in front of the camera? Well, no, it can't look at the shadow. It, yeah. It's something that's ground-based. Yeah. Gotcha. Boom. So yeah, you know, I've been on, on both sides of the coin. Like, how can you say it? Well, you know, and they're basing that on no science whatsoever, just on what they think they say. Well, use reverse psychology to the you know people to knock down the sasquatch there it's the same you know argument the people that say that blob their blob squatch is a sasquatch is well look you can see it and and that's the same mentality you know i took the time to get a scientist to get a ruling on well look at the shadowing doesn't you know i didn't even say look at the shadowing i just presented the picture so you know gilly suit well, we tested that too. Doesn't seem right. So you, you know, it's those little, little details that, um, you know, and I'll give you a conversation that, um, um, I, I had with Dr. Meldrum about the Skookum cast. And there's a lot of people that think it's an elk lay. And <coughs> here's a very small detail that, 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 you know, and I remember this and I learned, and I thought long and hard because I was kind of leaning anti-skookum for a while and then dr Meldrum made a you know in talking with him about the skookum cast he said well here's the interesting thing and i always remember this the devil is in the details the devil is in these fine the little things we just talked about that movie you know prior to coming on the air yeah. the denzel washington movie that, that's out on hbo max the little things it's the little things that make a huge difference and uh doc said well, it's very common practice that when an elk is laying down, when it gets up, the first thing it does is it defecates. And then it walks off. After it lays, it stands up, defecates, and walks off. <laughs> hey, Phil. 
Yes, we did a recreation well, a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's on the website. Um, yeah, it's, uh, we, we did all sorts of testing, but, uh, anyway, um, uh, in that instance where they found the Skookum cast, there was no droppings. There was no droppings in that area at all. So he said, that's what led me to believe that, Hey, wait a minute. This is a little something more than an elk wallow. Um, because we always look at. Um, that, um, uh, just, uh, you know, I'd have, to up, I'd have to see it up close and personal to make any kind of determination. I'm still, you know, up in the air about that one. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I still have trouble with it. Um, but you know, it is what it is. It, it, well, it, yeah. You really can't make a determination until you're there looking at it. You, you, know? Really, you know, some of the scientists found it interesting, and yeah. that's where they left it. I mean, it was no way is a cast going to prove that a Sasquatch is there. Yeah, um, right. That was the bottom line on them. That's the bottom line. Um, like with everything, right? I mean, yeah. everything we have in the past 50-plus years since Patty. Yeah. And, you know, then, then you have, you know, it's so hard for some people – and I appreciate the, uh, the people, but it's hard sometimes to take a bias out of things. Um, you know, uh, you know, when when I got uh, the VT trail cam photo or the New York baby video or AKA the Prigen video, when, when I got those items, I, I, I mean, I remember looking at the, the, the VT and my first thing was, well, it kind of looks like an owl, but is that pareidolia on my side? Right, and then I'm noticing things that don't belong there, like what's yep. that? What's this? What's that? What's that? Okay, so now I have to investigate it. When I got the uh, when I got the uh, the the Pridgen video, I thought for sure, oh, uh, I can't wait to see this. And I'm like, huh? Made no sense. And then the more I dug and I talked to the owner, I talked to all this stuff. It got more interesting and interesting and interesting. Um. That's how you have to approach something is you got to have, like you said, you got to have critical thinking. You got to have skepticism. You got to make sure there's no bias in there. I didn't have any bias on any of it. Like it is what it is. And you know, if it's not, it, you know, I'm going to look into it and that's what I did. Um, and I had to go with what the scientist was telling me. Um, uh, you know, I have, <laughs> I don't have the, the PhD this guy had. So that's why I have to yield. Ooh. Um, you know, and well, when, also on that Vermont trail cam photo, when you get it up on a big screen TV and look, there's some, some details in there that's real interesting. That's why I liked it. Right. That's why I like it. Um, and that's the thing, you know, by looking at something, unless you're there, right, you, you can't really say 100%. But, you know, if I if I see something that I like and I think it looks favorable, right. I'll say I like it. If I don't, well, I won't. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, um, you know, we did, uh, um, yeah, Frank says with, with that photo with the owl photo, never, never thought it was an owl. My reason is that I used to keep owls and work with them. Just don't look like an owl to me. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> there is something really weird about that photo. And, um, like I said, there's parts in it that are not an owl. I don't, it, it, it's, it's more than, yeah, the, more, the more I looked at it, the more interesting right. it 
Well, anyway, I mean, you can only beat a photo so much. It's like the Patterson game on yeah. film. 30 yeah. years, people are still going to be going, well, it yep. isn't, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't. Same thing with the Pridgen video. The Pridgen video, somebody had come up with a, a theory years later that this was actually a like a ball on an antenna. Mm. And uh, but there was no wind. <laughs> mm. So what would make that thing going like that? And I yeah. actually I went back to my my research and I said, Oh yeah, there's the wind speed for that time, zero. Yeah. So so you'll you, you know, you you have to, but that you see, that's the important thing too, is um tough. Hang on a second. Um, that's the important thing you have to do is when you're looking at these things, you've got to do the ground research. You got to know your way. You, you know, there's so much in just interviewing the people. Then you got to look at weather, geographical data, terrain, you know, yeah. you know, photographic or videographic evidence, audio evidence. You got to look and you got to, you got to go to the right people. You got to know. I mean, just so much involved with this. Everything the witness tells you, right, Steve? I mean, even if he says it was a full moon, well, you got to check the moon phase. You know? Correct. Absolutely correct. If he's I lying mean, about the phase of the moon, could he be lying about something else? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very likely. Right. So you, you you take all the you take all the variables and you throw them out there. But we digress. Um, <laughs> no, this is this is what Bigfooting is about. It's about a good discussion. So sometimes what I like about this yeah. show is we go a little off the beaten path and talk. And hopefully give some people some ideas. Yeah. You know, um, that's yeah. really important. Greed. Um, no, I actually, Phil. Anything cool um, come out lately? Oh, uh, you, 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 well, you see here, here's the, the, the problem with that, Phil. Is there something called parallax view? And had that thing been in front of the, and, and I know this, um, like, for example, uh, a you don't necessarily need a, a scientist to make a proper photo examination. But in this case, um, there were blow-ups where you could actually see uh, the blades of grass, the shadow, the actual thing itself going behind the blades of grass that were on the ground. You see the shadowing. So the other thing, too... Um, uh, the other big thing too is I've seen a lot of trail cam photos, especially with this type of trail cam, where something is close to the camera, it would have been blown out very bright. Yeah. This was not. This was yeah. not very. Uh, this was not blown out bright. So to me, this wasn't something in front of the camera. So I put it to a scientist to get a second opinion. I had my own opinion, but at the end of the day, had I not went to a third party. Because anybody can give you evidence and say, well, look at this. But yeah. then people will say, oh, you're being biased. So what did I do? I went to a third party that has no bias. Yeah. That's the reason for doing that. So uh, you don't need a scientist to make a proper photo examination. True. I could tell you a lot of reasons why that's not something in front of the camera. I knew about parallax view. I knew the shadowing is wrong. You want to talk about shadowing, take a flashlight put your hand by it to a wall and you see the shadow is cast. And as you get that hand closer to the wall, that shadow shrinks in and it's on your outline when you put your hand on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's why you want to take bias out of situation because everybody will, it's the court of public opinion that will say you're being biased. So that's, <laughs> why, we, that's why we put it to a third party, you know, and then yeah. say, I'm still biased. <laughs> 
<laughs> if he had uh, turned, if that scientist had said, um, no, it could very well be something flying in front of the camera. Okay, game over. Sorry, Frank. You know, it is what it is. But it didn't turn out that way. So then we had to go turn around with the ghillie suit thing, which made no sense to me at all because it was a guy's front yard. There was no gun. It's not hunting season. Why would I be creeping around midnight in this guy's front yard when he's got signs that say, I'll blow your head off? It just wouldn't happen. <laughs> then we had somebody actually come in with a ghillie suit and you can see the little meshing on it. So mm -hmm. it's like, nah, it, uh, the, yeah. the, the, the IR camera would have exposed the, the intricacies of the, the, um, uh, agreed. I, I agree with that, Phil. Um, but we're talking the distance was like 16 feet from camera to where it was. It was actually quite a distance where it was. Mm. So, uh, that's the one strange thing about looking at that whole thing. The way that it, camera set up, I was like, wow, that camera is actually further back than I thought. I, you know, you would think that the camera is maybe only 10 feet in front of it or five feet where mm. this was standing. Actually, the camera was back about 16 feet. So the camera was set back in a tree. This was actually out of bed. So it was just the way the camera was angled. That's quite a distance. It was. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. Definitely yeah. rolls out an owl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Phil, if you were local, I'd take you out there and show you. You'd be you'd be very interesting. And the other thing too is that always bugged me about that too is a year previous to that happening, there was a Bigfoot sighting nine tenths of a mile from that place. Mm -hmm. Nine tenths of a mile. A couple of years before that, there was another sighting in that within like a few miles. A year later, there was another sighting five miles away. Mm. And guess what? It's the same spur that goes right into Whitehall, New York. So it, it's oh, it's, not, it's a distance, but wow, yeah, yeah. And Tack has been there, and he said, "I would miss Frank." I've been. Don't, to mess, don't yeah. mess with Frank. <laughs> I've been to Whitehall. You know, um, uh, I've told you this before, Steve, uh, if you remember or not. I, I used to live in uh, – well, I lived at Glids Falls for about 10 months. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, just right there, uh, south end of Lake George. Uh, yeah. So I've, I've been to Whitehall. Um, it might, like, I'm just wondering how the – I guess they could get around the south part of the lake. There's enough wilderness there. I'm just trying to wonder how they could, cr like, cross the lake. I mean, they might – well, you, you they, know, they, they don't necessarily cross the lake because Whitehall is on the east side of Lake George. Side. Yeah. Right. Um, there are sightings, not so much in Glens Falls, but on Sabbath Day Point further north. But as you get further north, there are uh, like if you go, uh, per se, in some parts of the Pulteney River um, where you can get onto the New York side from the Vermont side. Mm -hmm. it's very easy to cross over it's you know hip hip deep in some point sure but I, kind of where my thinking is is obviously the west side of uh of lake george goes deep 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 into the you know into the adirondacks right yeah, yeah but, so. but to the east side of lake george it goes deep 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 into the green mountain national forest okay so you have two competing Forest ranges there, right? So, and there, and what I think the 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 particular ones are the 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 patterns I've seen have been movement between the Whitehall, which is the very eastern Adirondack mountain range, right, to the Green Mountains, and Whitehall is right in the crosshairs, like the crossing point, right there, right there. 
Yeah. So that's why there's so much, I think, especially in a particular period of time. It, that's interesting to me. Um, like, again, like I've been to Whitehall, like, you know, I remember driving somebody home to Whitehall one day and like, yeah. like, oh, this is, this is the, like, this is Bigfoot stuff. Like, you know, little tiny little New York town. Yep. Like, okay, whatever. Later. Well, yeah, it's funny that that little town could be anywhere in the United States if you think about it. It's just like this such nondescript a little town by a little waterway, and you know it's very interesting. They have their own they have their own haunted mansion up there. Yeah, Skeen Manor. Um, and you look at the place and you're like, um, just a just a great, great area. Um, which See, Yes. Quickly, I looked up the Vermont Trail Camp photo online, and it popped up over on Animal Planet. And the title is "Apple Thieving Sasquatch Caught on Camera with a Baby Bigfoot in Tow." Oh, jeez! <laughs> Nothing like you know, yeah. Animal Planet, man. Love them. <laughs> yeah, is what it is. Yeah. Is what it is. Um, you know, although I, I will say, what, what's her name on the show? Um, not Myra. Um, wow. I'm getting old, Chris. I can't remember the phone. <laughs> uh, which show? Finding Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. Uh, Renee. 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 Yeah, she, she looked at that and she, she actually said, that's like one of the best trail cam photos I've seen. Hmm. So I was like, wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it definitely had everybody scratching their head. Well, yeah, you know, especially when I showed, especially when I showed a Maccabee's report, mm -hmm. Renee kind of stood back and went, oh, hmm. <laughs> you like science, science, science. That, that, was, that was pure science. <laughs> and, you know, Maccabee got all the, the specs on the camera. He said that, you know, it, it was, it was really cool because he said, well, I went to the manufacturer's website and I wrote to them and I got some specs on the camera and this is where blah, 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 blah. It was, you know, the blur test you conducted on the camera confirms that blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. You know, because I ran so many pictures with that camera and so many. In fact, we had to distance it really to figure out where this thing was because I wasn't sure. I tried at 10 feet. I tried at 12 feet. I tried. And then all of a sudden, like, I think it was about 16 feet away from the camera. There you go, baby. Mm. I had so, to grab one of the pups. Um, <laughs> you know, and that area was just so rich. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, a year later, it was sighting, uh, I think, two or three years after that. There was a sighting with two boys within like a seven mile range. Um, you know, it, it, that whole area is just. Um, uh, Mick says, Steve, did I ever tell you the creature in that Vermont photo looks just like my ex mother in law? Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. You married the dog. Oh, Mick. <laughs> oh, Mick. Poor Mick. Um, yeah, Discovery and their channels have become dummy TV. They want ratings so bad. They make mockumentaries. Um, not all, but it's sad. It, it is. Uh, I, I don't know. Have they done a mockumentary lately? Uh, other than Mountain Monsters. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. And, 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 yeah. And, and Phil, you're absolutely right. Being there makes a difference. It, it does make a difference yeah. when you know the terrain and stuff like that. This isn't. Yeah. And that, that's the hardest thing I think to convey is like, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, this area is. Reports have been flying out of this area consistently for the last 20 years, yeah. even 30 years. I mean, the 80s, it started, uh, you know, with uh, Professor Warren Cook's daughter who had a sighting. The 
the Grabowskis, where their whole entire family saw actually four of them. Uh, and that, that was within like a 15-mile range of this place. I mean, there's a lot going on there. It's just really an interesting, interesting place. Um, and, and like Tack has been there. And, you know, you walk, a, you walk a mile back in those woods and we're talking, this is the front yard. And you go in the backyard and it's just, you walk. It's nothing but woods. Yeah. Nothing but yeah. forest. Big mountain to the right-hand side. Uh, <clears throat> and it's kind of funny. We, we did an investigation there back, I think, in 2011. And uh, Frank said, "Oh yeah, I had a, I had to shoot a, I had to shoot a mink. A mink was running around the property. I had, I had to shoot, you know. And that night we're all running around. All of a sudden, some we we, we see these glowing eyes, and they're about seven foot up in the tree. And we're all like, <gasps> and I'm looking at going. It looks kind of small, but everybody, yeah. like, <gasps> yeah. I see it. Like, it almost like it corkscrewed up the tree." I get my flashlight and put it up there. There's another mink looking at me. <laughs> Frank, you didn't get all the minks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You should have took that dude home and sewed up a coat with him. Um, yeah. In, in the, uh, I remember those shows, the, the Megalodon, Mermaids. Mm. Uh, yeah. They did that capture, the capture of Bigfoot mockumentary, which they, Kind of suckered some of the, the mainstream scientists into getting that was so terrible. Yeah, yeah. that was terrible. But while that was playing on TV, I got calls. I got phone calls. It's like, hey, they got turn the TV on. They got they got Bigfoot. I'm like, really? And I turn it over. They're like, oh no, 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 yeah. <laughs> no. Unless it unless it's playing on CNN or MSNBC or Fox or somebody, one of the big oh. networks, ABC. It's not going to be real. Bob thought we lost Pat. No, 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 no I'm back. Sorry. Yeah, when when the picture disappears, then we lost Pat. When, right. when you see something go like this, yeah. you know, you, actually, you're just they're just shutting the camera off a second or muting out. Um, yeah, I apologize. I had I had to step away for just a minute. I had a dog yeah. issue to deal with. Oh, you can ask Chris yeah. about that. Oh yeah, yeah. I recommend. Uh, Heartland Farms munchie sticks to bribe them with. <laughs> uh, pretty much chicken, any kind of chicken rawhide. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Little known fact, Chris also munches on those too during the show. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. So where are we at, guys? Uh, I do apologize for that. Uh, we're, we're just shooting the breeze here. Don't worry about it, Pat. Talking to watch. <laughs> so I don't know. Were we talking about what caliber it will take? Now, now, um, Mick, Mick, let me let me just say to the comment you you last made about the Bigfoot cultists, I have to be careful. Um, and just be careful what you say because people would take that as being violent. So that's why I'm not posting that comment. I'm yeah, not yeah. quoting it. People would take that. I, I get the joke, but people would take that. Oh, he just said what? Right. <laughs> but be careful. We live in that type of community. we live in that type of world nowadays. Yeah, that's true. That, I um, mean, hundred percent true. Yeah. Uh, because I, I make that point where one of Cat Hansen's followers said, "You know, I got guns. You know about your your people. You know, debunking your stuff. I got guns. You know, and they egged it on. So to me, that's very very bad. Um, yeah. so." You know, Ken Collins put up million dollar Bigfoot bounty. 
Now you see, that's not really a Bigfoot documentary. That was a game show. Yeah. yeah. Oh um, my God! Are you kidding me? Yeah, you yeah. can't even call that Bigfoot research. I do you want? You want to hear the funny thing? I don't think I've watched more a full episode of that show. Period. Yeah, that was that was a produced show. I mean, a hundred percent. It was just a, a produced show, like uh, Expedition Bigfoot or whatever. A hundred percent produced. There's nothing real about it. They tell you what to do, and they pick winners and losers. Uh, here's here's how they pick the winner. We think you're the most interesting person on this television show. Right. That's how they pick the winner. You know, that's it. Yeah. Now you see, I you know, I, I look at this is that if you want entertainment, watch a Bigfoot TV show. There may be some truth sprinkled in with it, like I think Finding Bigfoot tried a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I've I've been there to several of their a couple of their two or three of their productions. Uh yeah, and I, I was gonna be cast for that show too, Phil. Same thing. I turned it down too after they told me what was you know. Oh, we're going to team you up with somebody and every week. And now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> again, it's produced. Um, it's so what you're stepping into in that situation. And I know somebody that was on that show, the the ten million dollar Bigfoot bounty. Um, it's it's produced. They pay you about what you get paid at your you know middle class or a blue collar job. Yep. Right. So you're, you're sort of being, you're, you're not making TV money, you know, right. you're just making basically the same amount of money you'd be making anyway, working your job. And Oh, by the way, you got to like, not go work your job for the next two months, or however long it takes to film a show like that. I'm guessing several months. I think, I think actually they filmed that in a month. They were pretty quick. And, and they, and they may have knocked it out in a month. I, I get that too. Um, cause I do have television experience, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, as far as like finding Bigfoot, Bigfoot goes, I always tell people in the Bigfoot world, I'm like, actually it was, it was good TV. Yeah. Like it was a successful show ran for several seasons, many, many seasons. Uh, hi, it was Hey, Tom Steinberg's on the horn here. Hey, Tom, Tom, good to see you. I agree. There have been very few. Yeah. But I mean, finally, Bigfoot was technically, I, I can look at it objectively as good TV because it was successful. It had good viewership, you know, yeah. it was around for a while. The cast was uh, it was great. Like the, the yeah. principal cast was actually met uh, from my television experience. And the principal cast was like this, man. They were, uh, they complimented each other. Well, you know, moneymaker. It was, it, it, it was, it was very entertaining. Yeah. Um, sprinkled with very little. Uh, you got the sightings. You and they, the people were legit. That were that were coughing up the sightings. Yeah, the town town hallers. Town halls were legit. I was there. Right. Um, I I've been to a couple of them. They're very legit. Um, the uh, what they tried to do while they were out there was very legit. But they are given that much time when you really need that much time. Sure. So, and that's all just production. Hey, we got to go. We got to go. Come on. We got to yeah, yeah. move, move uh, it on. Move it on. Yeah. Because, you know, people think that, oh, well, you know, why, why say, well, they got, and, and when I saw them, you know, I could see how their production crew had grown. I mean, there's four people, and then you got a caravan of about a dozen other people that are working to produce this TV show sound people, sound people, camera people, 
director, a couple of producers, people to run out and take care of the, the what if stuff. Okay. Oh, you know, you know, and it's ama amazing. I mean, I, I'm proud of the stuff that I was on. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, mixed ideas. I don't know. Oh, funny. no. <laughs> <laughs> but you and Danny Dyer was going Matt Johnson. Uh, uh, camp out together for the whole summer. I, 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 <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm going to go back on what I said. <laughs> Chances are not all of us would be coming back from that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I know, man. You know, I, you, you know, I live in Georgia. Uh, if I, I haven't mentioned that, <laughs> I yeah. was here. I was here for the Georgia hoax, mm -hmm. which like messed everything up. If you think about it, like you remember, like I'm sure you remember, Steve. Like the the actual media at the time got involved with that, right? You remember, like CNN was there. You know, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Rick Dyer, man, is no friend of mine. Uh, oh, like Pat, being a Georgia guy, you know. Pat, you you know, I wrote a whole book on that. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Send send me a link, Amazon link or something. I don't know. Um, yep. Uh. The Georgia Bigfoot Oaks. <laughs> yeah. Um, 50 large. 50 large. That was the name of the book. Um, yeah, the, the Georgia Bigfoot Oaks. Pat, I, I, after the show, stay on. Okay. We'll, 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 have, we'll have some colorful comment, commentary about that whole thing. Okay, um, on, but um, <laughs> not the finger. Uh, Chris is going to Chris is feeding some vicious animals. Yes, right yes. I'm trying to bribe them. Are they no, Yorkies. Uh, Yorkies, ankle biters. Yeah, same same difference. Got to keep them happy. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, the Georgia Bigfoot Oaks. That was yeah. Um, that was the uh, the the most interesting uh, thing to that was the resurgence, like four years later, four and a half years later, of Dyer with Dyer. body round two. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, which is like how how could anybody take Dyer seriously after being involved? I, said, I would love to see a program in the style like it was in the 80s where they just present the evidence and just let the viewers decide for themselves. Mm -hmm. Here, here. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, that you know, again, you know, TV shows are not built for um they're not built for for do like documentaries. Documentaries are built to try to resolve questions. TV shows are meant to drag it along, drag it along, drag it along, and keep people entertained because they're, entertained. About, the viewing, they're about the viewing dollars. Yep. A um, lot of other questions. How ups, how disappointed were you? Because um, there was a period of time in the mid-2000s where things were looking really interesting. We got this DNA yeah. study. Ooh, ooh, DNA study. And then we also have something going on by this guy named Erickson, who's doing the Erickson project. Ooh. And then they collided. Yeah. So, how mm -hmm. disappointed were you when that all fell on its face? 
Very. I mean, uh, I, I love the idea of, um, so it was, it was the Erickson project that created the, was where did the Falcon project came from the Erickson project, right? No, no, no. Yeah, that was different. That actually started way before everything else. That was God. I I gotta say, we we talked about that quite a while. Uh, Uh, (laughs) About the same. No, it was about two thousand seven, two thousand eight. That started. But wasn't the Falcon project a part of the Erickson project? Um, That was that was a blimp. That was a the project to have the blimp with the yeah with the uh, and that that fell on its face too. Death from above, of course. (laughs) It did because they were trying to invent something they didn't need to invent. Uh, But, I mean, of course, yeah, I mean, back in the day, you're right. I mean, I remember hearing about, like, the Ketchum study as far as the DNA, and I thought that was promising, but I didn't know, Steve. I wasn't in the Bigfoot world enough to know any kind of of criticism. This was all stuff I found out later, you know, so – so yeah, I'm like, oh, there's a DNA study about Bigfoot. This is great, and then find out later, eh, eh, uh, not yeah. so much. Seems to be part of a bigger narrative of a cabal of people. Uh, you know, Scott Carpenter, Politis, who's running PR, basically <laughs> trying to put out fires about angel DNA, <laughs> right? <laughs> narrative. Um. Yeah, like uh, it complete BS. Yeah. Obviously, all of it. Yeah, I, I mean, it was. You got to look at that period of time from like two thousand, probably eight, through yeah, twenty twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, where a lot of all the, these high hope things, the Falcon Project, which sounded on face a great idea, and, and I think, it is. and I think the the issue there was. Somebody was made a lot of promises and he banked on it. And just like Hollywood. And that's funny because, you know, as far as the Falcon project, you know, he was saying, well, I got some Hollywood backers and yada, yada, yada. yada. And, you know, there, there was probably a taste of a potential TV show there. So, Mm -hmm. um, and you and I have done TV and we know how, yeah. I don't know how, how many sizzle reels I've done about three or four of them for different shows. I've been asked to do that. Never, not a one ever made it to production. So yeah. it, it's, it's not a, uh, after the first one, you're really excited. And then you're like, oh, and then the second one, you're like, oh. and then, then the third one, well, let's see what happens. And then the fourth one, yeah, okay, we'll do it. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but the problem is, is, I think that was the first time he got that taste and he got all excited and started talking to a lot of people, not realizing how Hollywood at the last minute loves going, Hey, see you later. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> later, Tater. Oh, that's I know. Hollywood. Yeah. That's yeah. Hollywood. Oh, so, yeah. I shot, I, I, I think I shot like, mm, you know, 60 something hours of uh, being on set and got, uh, five seconds of camera time. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the problem with the Falcon project was they were trying to invent something. Uh, it's going to cost a quarter million dollars. Uh, it's, it's a good concept, but it's an inefficient machine. That's way overpriced and technology is going to catch up real fast. And now and it, it has. 
Yeah, yeah they did so, it surpassed it. So yeah, so now we we have uh v we have aerial vehicles that can uh, outperform anything like that times yeah. I times a thousand literally. Right. Yeah, for much cheaper. Uh, yeah, about ten grand. Yeah, ten ten grand gets you uh into a position where you could actually like observe one. Yeah. Hell, hell for twenty five grand, I bet you we could bribe the CIA to loan us a predator for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but uh, again, you don't need it. I mean, the vehicles are—they're uh, in our hands already. So, predator drone—you know—kills uh, people. Like that shoots. Yeah, but, but but here's yeah. the thing: you, you got that nice vision, you can see, and then we can, you know, take down a few of Mix X's meatloaves. <laughs> <laughs> And we've come full circle here tonight on uh, Squatch DTV. We sure have. Back to the meatloaf. Um, um, yeah, um, that would be kind of fun. So uh, it would. Hey, hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a detour over here a second. Where's Biscardi's house? <laughs> <laughs> Good job, a present in the pool. Uh, um, yeah. Sorry, dogs are getting kind of vicious in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we all say this in jest. We're not. I, we are in jest, yeah. people. Just mode. I try to warn action some of the people they were known for hoaxing. Yep. Like the whole Matilda uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, um, Matilda. Well, you know, I don't think that uh, Erickson really knew, you know, because he didn't know who he's going to be working with. He just contacts these people and, you know. See, the problem, the problem is here is that we have seen time after time, people make some really, really uh, bad investment in some bad, bad ideas. Um, You know, yeah, Erickson didn't know, but for crying out loud, listen to the people around you. Yeah. Um, I don't know who, in the holy world, cast Todd Standing to go with Les Stroud. I would say Les, Les Stroud himself probably did that. I don't think so. You don't think? I mean, no, he has he had I, a lot of control over that show. I know, but you know, somewhere to me, it's like somebody must have found. Oh, look at this guy. Well, what? you know, a fellow Canadian. I, I think he just kind of bought into it, honestly. But, but what I'm getting at is that you would think he would vet and say, yeah, this guy's kind of got some shaky history. Maybe. Why not go with the real winner, Mr. Thomas Steenberg? That's what I would have done. You want a fellow Canadian, go with Thomas Steenberg. Agreed. I agree with that. Not with, you know, Todd. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, I, I would imagine, yes, uh, you know, less at this point, he has some regrets. Um, but that was that was a series of shows that you know. I mean, Todd was on you know what one or two of them, but uh, um, he was trying to yeah. I don't know. Less. I just felt like Les was being a producer. He tried to spread it out. He he also went into the you know indigenous like Native American side and a lot a lot of different variables. But <coughs> right. but well, yeah, I I hear you. I think he probably regrets working with Todd one way or the other. But, you know, I, I look at it this way. Um, many, many years ago, there was an up and coming guy by the name of me. who said, let me check this guy out. And I think sometimes, 
you know, I understand exactly why Dr. Meldrum, you know, got involved with that because he wanted to know what Todd really had. Yeah. What he had was an area that was taken off of somebody else, not the real Sylvanic area, which never existed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, and you know, hey, if, if Sony's going to flip the ticket for you, why not? Yeah, sure. So I, and, and, and I mean, you know, Meldrum, Meldrum to his credit, and, and, and that's for, that's a that's a great point. Tom Steenberg piped in, and like Todd, I wasn't claiming encounters every time I went into the bush. Less got seduced by Todd's hype. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Or, and, or one of his producers did. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say about Meldrum being involved in that is that to his credit, and maybe to his demise, he's and sh um, he's probably realizing this. Meldrum is just, he's willing to do media, you know, for whatever reason, either because it helps, uh, it might help pay a bill. I mean, he, he is, he just, you know, he's a professor at Idaho State University. That's, uh, that income's locked in, you know, I know Meldrum has a lot of kids and blah, 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 blah. I'm not here to talk about <laughs> Meldrum's personal life. I'm just saying, you know, Meldrum does media. So... Yeah. So I can I can understand him, you know, being a part of that, right? In that regards, you know. I, I like I like Lestrade's shows on Bigfoot though, but there was one I did not like, uh, where he tried to hoax the track and then cast it and took it to Meldrum to get his opinion on it. I didn't oh, like that. Oh, the like the purposeful, yeah, the purposeful thing where he, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't like that. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I like Dr. Meldrum's answer. <laughs> like he said, looks interesting, but he started pointing out different features. This is not exactly right here. No. Yeah. Good. Um, you know, and Eric says Meldrum has made over six figures on Bigfoot for sure. Don't be so sure. I don't think I, so. Yeah, definitely not, dude. No. no. You you don't you don't know anything about television and what it yeah, pays, they, what it actually yeah. pays. Listen, uh, I've done I have done I don't know, five TV shows, six TV shows. I, I don't know how many I've done. Um and I'm very upfront. I wasn't paid for any of them but one. And that was the one where I went to the UK and my stipend, right. my stipend right. was very nice. Um, they paid for my passport. My stipend would have been more, but they, well, if I had a passport, but they didn't. So they had to take some of the money reserved for the talent to pay for that. Not only that, but anything I wanted over there, production paid for. I went to buy, I went to buy cigarettes. Nope, nope, we got it. I went to buy a book because they, uh, we went to the Loch Ness Museum. I went to buy a book. Oh, nope, nope, we got it. Oh, <laughs> they they wouldn't let me buy anything. I, I could have took advantage of that. You guys got a car dealership in town? <laughs> um, but that was that was part of the Ferrari. That was part of their production budget. They yeah. fed me. I didn't starve. They fed me three meals. They put me up. They flew me back and forth. They paid for my passport. Yeah. And, they, and guess what? I made a grand out of the deal. And you right. came. You yeah. came back. You did better uh, than me. You like the taste for uh, like the taste of uh, black pudding, black pudding, yep. and and haggis, wasn't it? Was it haggis? I haggis, I can take it or leave it. But the black there pudding was something was awesome. else you tried besides black pudding that you said you liked. Yeah, not for me. 
I'll well, try. I, One of these days, I'll try. I'll I'll tell you this, man. You know, uh, I did uh, three seasons on The Walking Dead, um, and I was not principal cast, and I maybe made two grand. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. there you go. Uh, that's that's yes. what TV pays. I sure did, Frank. I got fish and chips on the way home. Um, that that <laughs> nice. was another thing. You know, that was another thing. They they said, "Oh, uh, here." So for your night here, here, here's your, here's some expense money for you. They threw a hundred pounds on the, on the table for me, which was the equivalent then to about $250 here, you know? So I went, had a nice dinner. It was late. I had to go to early flight. So I was like, damn it. I would have liked to have gone into London because I had to fly from Inverness down to London. Yeah. By, um, uh, easy jet. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> very, very. So I was very proud of the, the program. You know, uh, I did debunk something, but they cut that out because, you know, it's TV. They need to have somebody that's pro and somebody yeah. somebody, uh, you know, needs to be, um, uh, you know, the other shows. Uh, no, um, I, I didn't. Make, in fact, I, there was a stipend they wanted to pay to me. I had him send it to my videographer who had been doing a lot of stuff, you know, for nothing over the years, filming stuff. And they used some of his stuff. I said, no, take care of him. Um, yeah. I did do that. But no, no, made squat on the squatch. And, um, you yeah. know, how, how do I make some money? Every once in a while, I'll get a, I'll get a, I'll get a, a stipend for doing, you know, Cabela's. We I used to get stipends all the time for, for going down there. He used to put us up, give us a stipend, give us free food. <clears throat> you know, free lunch anyway. Um, so, you know, you take it where you can get it. And, you know, I do shows. Sometimes I pay for tables. A lot of time I get gratis tables because I'm doing a lecture or something like that. And I sell my books. I sell my little, you know, what would Sasquatch do wristbands or whatever, just to make up some of the cost of equipment because yeah, stuff don't come cheap. <laughs> um, and you know, this yeah. year, <laughs> gonna be get into big, hey, no, no, no. <laughs> Oh geez, Chris is you get in Bigfoot to make money, you're in the wrong business. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> and again, I mean, if you're if you're not principal cast on a any kind of TV show, um, Tom, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, I could tell you this. So my so Tom, let me let me just put this question out. Uh, yeah. Tom had a question. Pat, did it cost you more than two grand to appear on The Walking Dead? It didn't. <laughs> uh, it didn't, but I'll say this: every every time I showed up on set, I was losing money compared to my job. Right. So, uh, so for me, it was the experience of doing it. You know, because I I liked the show. I was actually a fan of the show, mm -hmm. and I just kind of got lucky. I got to be on the show, um, and and so I did it just to do it. it, it but every day I showed up on set, I lost money. You know, so, yep. Uh, what money I could have been making otherwise. Sure, yeah. To, yeah, to be fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, extras. They get paid some, you know, but that is what it is. I mean, it is. <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah, how you, how you make your money is by doing, by, you know, maybe you'll get a stipend for speaking. And to make a six-figure income out of that, you'd have to be speaking a hell of a lot. Yeah. Let's just say you got paid. Yeah, two, exactly. Let's say you got paid two grand for speaking. You know, that's a hundred speaking engagements. Ooh. That's not even, or that's uh, what five hundred speaking engagements to make. You know, two hundred to make a hundred grand. Yeah. And 
there aren't 500 days in the year. So well, just, I, I, I saw I saw Jeff Meldrum up here in North uh, North Georgia <laughs> at a um uh, the Bigfoot Museum that's here in Georgia, and it's a great museum, by the way. Um, but he um I mean he he spoke in front of 50 people, and I often wonder. I was like, God, how did how did uh, Bakara? How did the Bakara, who's the curator of the museum, like how did he afford to? He he probably broke even bringing Meldrum out here. Yeah. Like he didn't make the curator probably didn't make a dime off that. He just did it to do it, yep. you know, because he had to fly Meldrum out here, put him up, feed and, him, yep. and feed him, pay him for two nights, two nights, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, so. But even looking at that, I'm like, still like Meldrum. There's no way Meldrum even made maybe fifteen hundred dollars, two grand for all that after, you know. Well, you know, like you, straight like you cash said, in your hand. You know, you do have that cult of personality where, hey, you know, you have stuff for sale. So I'm sure there's books and casts and stuff he sells and and they get yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, he was and, he was selling stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but and still, sold, I mean, he sells to, very well. How many too. people? There wasn't that many people there. It was like 50 yeah. to 100 people. True. You know? But, you know, you go to a, you go to Bigfoot events and you sell Bigfoot stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've learned I've learned to, to, I mean, I was doing a lot of paranormal stuff, too, like going to paranormal conferences. And so you got to pick and choose your venues, you know, your your areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I've gone to Scarefests, Kentucky for many, uh, four or five years, and I probably only sold about a dozen books <laughs> out of those four times being there, five times being there. It's not a big money maker because it's mostly paranormal. Uh, it's mostly horror and uh, you'll pick up some, but not all, but then you go to a Bigfoot thing and boom, yeah. Yeah. you know, you, you got an empty box going home and that's a good day. Yeah. You know? That's a good day. And it leaves um, you a little gas money, you know, but what I, what I like about it is, is that it's not the money. It's the fact that, you know, the stuff I'm writing is getting out there and, and some, yeah. some knowledge and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe some some thought is getting out there. I wish I could afford to give everybody a free book. And I've given out a lot of free books over the years, too. Um, you know, I see somebody that, you know, you know, tells a heartwarming story or something like that. And I'll say, here, you know, here, take this. Thank you for sharing your experience. Stuff like that. Um you know, it's about touching. It's about touching your audience too. That's what I love about that, is mm -hmm. hearing the stories, talking to people, having answering their questions, having their respect, hearing their ideas. Um, mm -hmm. There's one of my my Facebook friends out there, Cookie Strongfellow. Cookie, if you're out there listening, hello, miss you, darling. Hopefully, we'll see you next year once this COVID crap is over with. Yeah. Um, but I used to see her at Winter Parafest and she strongly believed in a in a UFO Bigfoot connection. And uh, cause she does a lot, she's more of a UFO person. And we had and I listened to her and I, I listened to her stories and I gave her a lot of plausible explanations. And she was nice enough to tell me that wow, you took the time to listen to me. Most people cut me off. Yeah. If they don't believe no, I listened to you. And she goes, What you said made a lot of sense. She goes, I don't know if I I I'm fully embracing it but what you said made a lot of sense that's fine. oh my that's god it's all Dude, steve that's what i was talking about earlier as you know as critical thinkers you you just gave the perfect example like a real life example where you reach out to somebody and you're just trying to like kind of persuade them to think differently 
or or it might hey you know what it might be this instead of that can at least consider it and so like i appreciate that that's i mean that's what it's all about when i look about the way i look at it is is what we try to do is plant seeds yes now sometimes those seeds will grow sometimes they won't won't. sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll they'll grow into something completely different (laughs) you know where it's like a, a hybrid almost so, yeah. you know, at least you're planting seeds, at least giving thoughts, giving ideas. And that's what really actually what this show has been about. You know, that's the reason why I do this I agree. Is, is to put those ideas and try to keep people feet on the ground. And that's huge, too, to me. I agree with you that uh, I that would be my assessment of what you do as well as an outsider looking in. And I, I think that's a fair assessment that you just gave yourself. And uh, Mick made a very good point. He's uh, when yes. I was saying about, you know, touching the audience or touching, you know, he said, uh, he says, as long as you don't try to touch the audience inappropriately. Well, there's that. So, yeah. But I think, I think things are pretty appropriate here. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but there, there's just, that's why I love the conferences. It, it's a social event. Yeah. You know, and, you know I've never been to a conference. Oh never. yeah. We, we get it. Well, I was blown away. You know, I went up there to, Le- to Lexington to listen to Steve and, and, you know, aggravate him, heckle him. And, uh, <laughs> I met a couple of ladies were sitting next to me from Texas that they weren't there for the scare fest. They were there to see Steve. Yeah. And I talked to them. And I was like, "Wow, yeah, cool." <laughs> yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. you know, and, and you know, even it's amazing. Uh, like I said, it's like if I was about, <laughs> I used to get yelled at by by people, my handlers, as I call them. My, you know, I take my friends down with me sometimes, and um, they would get mad at me, like Steve, you're not at your table. I, I know I'm enjoying talking to my friends. <laughs> you know, we're we're, we're all yeah. gaggled in a corner or something like that. Yeah. It's not only sales will be there. They'll they'll come back. You know, it's a conference. People, okay, he's not here right now. We'll come back. Oh, we'll come back, and and eventually they do. So, uh, but that's that's what I really love. I mean, I went to the when we went to the Ohio Bigfoot conference. Chris was there too for that one. Yeah, we we didn't sit in on any lectures. We just walked around and, and, and jawed with everybody. Yep. Saw what they had to sell, talk about things, you know, press some flesh, yeah. meet some people. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, it's like, I'm not there for the conference. I'm not there to listen. I'm here to have fun and commiserate. That's <laughs> worth the price of admission to me. Yeah. Uh, and there's some camaraderie involved, which is a, which is a theme in the Bigfoot world. I, I, I keep seeing over and over again. It you know? is, but you you'll hear a lot of people say there is no camaraderie. It's a dif- it's dysfunctional. Ah, not really. Yeah. I met, I met people that philosophically disagree with me on on a few things, and hey, we we meet each other, we shake hands, and we we have a good time because that's what it's about. Because at the end of the day, we're all here. You know, we're all here for the same thing to yeah. try to bring an end to this mystery. Go there to uh, yep. meet people and talk to people, a little comrade camaraderie, and uh, you know it's not there to settle scores. 
No, I mean, there's so many people about me. <laughs> and there are some people that will go there to settle scores too. Yeah. And, and, and that is a thing, you know, there's some weird cutthroat stuff that happens in the Bigfoot world. I, I avoided it at all costs, but um, at the end of the day, you know, um, man, I, I locked in like my friends, my close personal friends in life a long time ago, and they're still with me today. They're, they're my buds or my friends. I am shocked at how many like-minded <laughs> people I have met in the Bigfoot community that I can now call friends. Um, yeah. Like as an adult, later in life, like I haven't made a friend in 10 years, man. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I've made 20. And I'm like, wow, this is this is amazing. And these people I can I can trust around a campfire, you know. Not, not, not screw the experience up, right? Like yeah. that kind of power, that kind of like realness. So, so there is a comment in uh, from Eric P, who said if Biscardi paid fifty fake for a fake body, then Jeff Melge is making over six figures. No, you see, you're cap, you're you're comparing apples with oranges. Yeah, there you're because, conflating things because yeah. you know. Meldrum in the Bigfoot world makes, you know, makes whatever money he has through stipends, through selling his products. Biscardi gets his money through investors. He asks people for big money, six figures at a time. Sometimes he can, or, or five figures at a time. Sometimes if he can get six, or at least he used to. I don't know what's going on with him. He's up there in age now, so I don't know what they're doing anymore. But the fact remains is that. <clears throat> that you know, Biscardi gets his money completely. He doesn't make money off. Biscardi does not make money off of Bigfoot. Let's put that to rest right now. If you're interested, how oh, he makes oh, money, right. oh, oh, Biscardi, yeah. Biscardi makes all his money off Bigfoot. No, he makes none. He makes it off the name, but he doesn't make it off of anything legitimate. He doesn't make his big oh, money. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's yeah. what I'm saying. He doesn't make money off of Bigfoot. He makes money off of trying to. Well, I'm building these museums and I need X amount of investment dollars. Mm. And, you know, I, I need you to finance my movie. And that's how he makes his money. Yeah. So, yeah. And as far as Meldrum goes, um, I, I can almost promise you off the top of my head that uh, the most money that Jeff Meldrum's ever made in the Bigfoot world came from Legend Meet Science, the book, and uh, Legend Meet Science, the, uh, a TV documentary, perhaps. Yeah, um, I, I, he, that's probably the most big chunk of money he ever made. Yeah. And I can't say exactly what that is, but it's probably, you know, I mean, it's, it's not as much as you would think, no, but it's, it's, if it's, you're, if you're a lot of people don't know that if you're a published writer, yeah, like you don't self publish, his is not self published. Yeah. You make very little royalties. Yeah. You don't make big royalties. And then it, it, the books you buy cost a lot more than when you can buy them if you self-publish. True. But um, he, he did get to license that book to the TV documentary. No, the TV documentary came yeah. first. Uh, uh, Legend Meet Science. Right, correct. His book came out after the TV show. Okay. So I'm sure there was some some money that they get too to put right. that name on the book. Yeah. So either way, it's it's not as much as you think, but right. I would I would think 
because uh, Meldrum's other TV appearances really aren't that like strong. Is what? That yeah, they're 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 happens. happenstance. You're not going to pay yeah. a lot of money for somebody to show up on a show for maybe five eight minutes of talking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's probably the most big like the biggest chunk of money he ever made in the Bigfoot world at one time was off off Legend Meet Science, and uh, and uh, and and. I mean, I know I've talked to Meldrum on the phone personally, and I've talked to him. He oddly enough, he started talking to me about financial stuff, and uh, yeah, and, uh, and I was really surprised, you know, because he has a lot of kids. He's wanting to put them in college. He started getting in personal conversation with me about about finances, and and not that I had any money to give him. That wasn't the situation. <laughs> So he wasn't like trying to get money out of me. He just le- like legitimately personally started talking about it. So, yeah. so it's something I kind of know personally about him. There's Tom. My royalties from my books hardly paid for a few tanks of gas. However, Hancock publishers have made thousands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. Okay. Well, guess what time it is. It's 11 <laughs> o'clock already. Yeah. We've been having too much fun. We're actually a minute I, over. I looked at the clock. I was like, oh, so, what? So Pat. <laughs> Pat, hang in there. We're going to talk after the show. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll get a little, but um, I want to give you a little background on what we talked about earlier. You're going to kind of get a good chuckle. Okay. Um, anyway, folks, uh, on behalf of me and Chris, Chris, final words of the night. Yeah, well, I just want to thank Pat once again for coming on. I've enjoyed the time, man. It's been an honor. Uh, I'd like to thank our wonderful, wonderful listeners over here and the chat room. Oh, my goodness. We have got some smart people, and we really appreciate you. Yeah. We appreciate awesome. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you're watching us on YouTube, please like, subscribe, share. Hit that uh, notification bell. Yeah, buddy. And, uh, Tom, thanks for coming on. We got to get you to, uh, Mr. Steenberg back on real soon. Yeah. He's always fun to talk to. Though. So, anyway, folks, on behalf of everybody here on Squatch DTV, and, again, a big thanks to Pat for being on there. and. <laughs> That's helping out with the scrolly thing. Come on. No, no, Pat, you got to pull it. <laughs> Wait. So, so anyway, folks, uh, everybody have a, a great, healthy week. Uh, we will be back here next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, hey, we're, we're not up against Expedition Bigfoot anymore on Sunday nights. They're now streaming. So. Oh, wait a minute. Pat, where can we listen to your show? Yes. Uh, uh, Squatch Talk on Anchor uh, FM or Spotify, uh, YouTube Squatch Talk, and the Facebook group Squatch, Squatch Talk. Ah, oh, gotcha. <laughs> Thanks, man. There so, folks, uh, on behalf of everybody here, we want to wish everybody happy, safe, healthy week. As you can see, you can find us on all these wonderful things too. If you want to listen to the audio replays, we have them there or here on YouTube. Just come by and give us a visit. We love you all. Everybody be safe, health, happy, happy week. And most of all, remember, keep on squatching. Hey, folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.